I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Rev up your engines. The summer movie season is here and a fantastic new animated film in the theaters this Friday, May 12th. Early showing starting Thursday, May 11th. It's Rally Road Racers. Joining me, director Ross Veneker. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. I love this movie. I love what it says, what it does, how it looks, how it'll play to the audience, I think is is going to be great. Where did your love of car racing begin? Because that's what this movie's all about. It's a strange place. My love of car racing, and especially specifically this type, began with Cannonball Run, the movie from my childhood. I was I loved these old rally movies, Gumball Rally, which a lot of people haven't seen, Cannonball Run, even Smokey and the Bandit. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Uh, all these sort of cross-country, wacky movies where a bunch of people got in unlikely cars and unlikely teams and started racing. And uh, I'm a big fan of underdog sports comedies, Bad News Bears, etc. So, you know, this is sort of a mashup of all that. And I just, I, I'm not actually a humongous fan of actual car races, but I love car racing movies. I love, like, cinematography around car races. I love, I enjoy the Fast and the Furious movies. I like, I like all the sort of, high action, high octane fun with cars. So I put it all together in an animated movie. <laughs> yes, you did. And you do it so well. And it's coming out the week before Fast 10. So what a, what a gem <laughs> for car racing movies in the theaters. Yeah. And G, we follow our main character, a slow Loris. And really, you mentioned underdog. He is an underdog. We root for him right away and this character has so much depth to him i applaud you for for how g is presented to us oh thank you it was very important to to care for the characters like in any movie but i also give a ton of credit to our incredible art team you know they g's design is so adorable and his eyes are so gigantic it's very hard not to be sucked in and care for him right away so you know the design goes a long way with that character yeah and how do you really plan out these visually striking sequences there's there's a race sequence right away that'll get everyone's attention and there's so many cool moments throughout well you know we had a, we had a ton of challenges we didn't have a lot of the resources a lot of movies would have in our situation because we're low budget we're independent um so we we did as much pre-visualizing as we could we really started with the script and really trying to write out the beats that i wanted to see in there then working with the board teams and the board artists and uh and you know cranking out the animatics we have Probably, we probably boarded 10 times as much as you see in the movie, just wacky stunts and jokes and gags and a lot of stuff that got cut because we learned, we started to realize if it didn't involve your main guy or your main nemesis, G or Vainglorious, you didn't really care. So we would just kind of grind away. And then from there, we went into layout and really started putting stuff in CG and blocking it in with the cameras. And again, we were a little bit challenged. We didn't ever really have a proper cinematographer early on. So my production designer, Alexi Nechitayu, who's super well-versed in that stuff, stepped in to also work a little bit on the cinematography side. And we just kind of hammered away and we brought in some additional teams as we needed them. But we knew that the movie was going to hinge on the race sequences being exciting, especially in a world of cars, in a world where we knew Mario was coming out. Uh, we didn't have all the resources, but we had the same passion and desire to tell the story. Yeah, you can tell that that passion and heart is absolutely there. And you also get it through what J.K. Simmons does in his voice performance as Nash. He delivers lines, unlike anybody <laughs> else. And you can tell that through this character. Yeah, J.K., when he said yes, it was like thrill of a lifetime just to get to work with him. And then, you know, sometimes you meet these people and... 
they just over deliver like he, even better than you imagine jk Simmons. he's such a generous actor he's so shows up prepared for the work really excited to do it when we had to do you know we recorded him during the pandemic it was, we were over zoom one of the times we recorded him he was in his son's bedroom closet because that's the best sound we could get and his son was running in and out running tech for him and uh it didn't hinder him at all his every, line after line delivery after delivery just so good so funny doing some ad-libbing really adding to the character yeah i mean what a what a what a blessing and treat to get to work with him. Good, good. And Nash, who is Xi's uh, uh, trainer, has a lot of bumper sticker phrases, <laughs> mottos of life. What's so fun about it is you you have these bumper sticker phrases, and some of them are for comedic effect, but also you don't want to make fun of them too much because some of them are for true emotional effect. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, they, we you can imagine we went through a lot of bumper stickers. We did we had a we had so many more joke bumper stickers, and you're right, it started to dilute the power of. At some point, we needed it to be. Uh, to deliver some of the messages of the movie, um, you know, because Nash is really, you know, all these great underdog sports comedies have a Miyagi in them, right? And Nash is our Miyagi. He's sort of the the guy you don't suspect will be, come through in a pinch. And uh, so I think we left in two pretty strong joke bumper stickers and the rest we really, we really went for it just to, to deliver on the goods. Keep adding to this voice cast is John Cleese, a legend, evil a competitor, vainglorious. John Cleese, now 83 years old. He sounds as good as ever. Fantastic in this. Yeah, John, I'm fortunate. This is the third movie I've done with John, and John showed up. And originally that character was Spanish and named Veragosa. And then we realized that John Cleese would be amazing. So we rewrote him quickly to make him British. And when I spoke to John, who I hadn't spoken to for a few years, as he aged, he got a little more gravelly in his voice. And it had this really amazing sort of croaky toad effect. And his voice was so perfect. And it's really amazing because, like you said, he's 83. And there's no sense of the age of our characters. He's supposed to be, you know, 15 years or so older than G. But that would make him logically in his 30s. You don't. It doesn't read as an 83-year-old playing that character. It's so perfect. No, you're absolutely right. And Vainglorious has these minions. There's a lot of other little characters that pop in for punchline moments, for comedic moments. And sometimes in some movies, you know, it's, it's it can be annoying. In this case, they are some of the smartest terms of timing and delivery of these punchline pop-in comedic moments that I've seen in an animated movie in a long time. Those are really well done. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's hard. You know, if you're in a post Despicable Me era and you're going to put in a lot of characters, you know, you're going to be compared to the minions and you're going to be accused of stealing the minions. And it really wasn't meant to be that. It was meant to be a cost effective way to give Vainglorious an army. Like I said, we we're low budget. And I was like, well, I need I want him to feel like he's in charge of this whole company and he's he, he lords over people. So we came up with the idea of the Echoes who just basically repeat his lines and they really became a little joke factory for us. And again, like with the bumper stickers, it was, it became about less is more. Like when you found that line, when you went over, they, they did become annoying. And then you pull back and just get very comfortable throwing jokes out of the movie. Ross Veneker is with me here on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Rally Road Racers is in theaters this weekend. Uh, there is a sequence in the movie involving the song Take On Me. And it's not <laughs> just using the song. You were clearly inspired by the music video, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to say, I actually haven't seen, as as of this moment, the, the Mario movie yet. I'm going later today, finally. 
But everyone who worked on this movie with me called afterwards to say, they used Take On Me and Mario. And my heart dropped because my concern was they did what we did with the video, which is we really emulated the video and called out some the look of the video. And we and we have it's a really nice and surprising moment in the movie. And certainly if Mario had done it with their budget, they probably would have had a lot more resources. So I was so happy to hear that they didn't, in fact, do that. Right. But a, that I don't know. And obviously it's true because the Mario guys used it too. I think my whole generation associates that song with car racing because some of this, the the imagery is so strong. The guy with the wrench and the, the cars and the motorcycles. And it was just in my mind from, you know, early on, I want to say day one, but it wasn't. What we realized early on was there's four major races in our movie. And we started to learn. I actually picked it up from a master class that uh, Ron Howard gave. And he's talking about his fighting movie, the, the one with the boxer. I'm blanking the name right now. Oh, that, Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man, yeah. yeah. He was saying they learned very quickly that the most boring sequences of the movie are the fights. That mm. you think that's why you're there, but it's really it's really hard to keep that dynamic over and over again. So what I just realized early was... If I'm going to do four races, each race has to have a different flavor, a different feel. So they, they stand apart. And you don't feel like, oh, my gosh, there's another race going on. And then from that came this idea of I had an aha in my mind and we we went for it. And it became the most complicated uh, sequence in the movie. We thought we were done with it. We threw it away and it delivered a good month and a half after the rest of the movie. It was we started early and we just couldn't get it right. And now I love it. We, we nailed it in the end. Oh yeah, it's a highlight scene in the movie and a visual treat for fans of Aha and the, and the music video. And uh, Ron Howard, of course, a master storyteller. I thought his uh, most recent movie, 13 Lives, was just incredible. And you do so much in this movie that I love with the emotional factor. There are scenes with Xi's grandmother talking to Xi's mother, her daughter, and you're looking at this portrait. And I thought it's just such a... a simple but sweet and effective way of connecting to somebody else and reflecting on your life and asking a little bit out of that person you're looking into the portrait at how did you conceive those moments they are they are quite beautiful oh thank you yeah you know i wanted to have some justification for why G was the way he was right G doesn't he's an oddball in his own world in the world of slow lorises he he's the only one who's interested in racing and stuff so I, I knew I needed to give him some sort of backstory but almost have the backstory hidden from himself so early on we decided that we're going to tie it up in the mother and uh, effectively remove the mother from the movie by having her not be alive anymore because otherwise at this age G would have had all those conversations and known all the secrets so then you get into a place where you're like, oh, it's another animated movie where the protagonist's mother is dead. And you know, you have all these. <laughs> and my last movie was all about princesses. And I've heard all that criticism. So we really kind of dug deep and tried to get specific about that culture. She is, she is Chinese. So, you know, there's a whole way that that culture interacts with their ancestors. And I had I was very lucky to have some people on my crew who are Chinese American and who really understood that and could coach me through a sensitive way to deal with that. So it wasn't just me making assumptions about how the culture works. It is family members watching over us as we do what we want to do in life. And and the way you present that is great. We have a romance involving the character of Shelby, which has some fun twists and turns to it. And these comedic commentators. I love the comedic commentators. <laughs> and go with it. Uh, very funny the, the way you give that to us. Oh, thank, yeah. I was so fortunate, right? Sharon Horgan and Catherine Tate, the incredible comedians, 
writers, producers, directors, both agreed to play these parts, uh, these two commentators who are flying along with the race. And uh, again, I, I needed to deliver information. We had a very short running time that we were able to afford to make, and I needed someone there, but I just didn't want exposition. So we figured if we made one of them an expert in the race and one of them a bit of a dummy, we'd get some comedy out of it and and let them play off each other. And it, it really worked. Again, another place where we probably recorded 10 times as much as we put in the movie and it, it got a little overbearing, but we, we found that line again. And, and I've, I've only been in a couple screenings now, but I've, they get a lot of laughs. It definitely worked. I was laughing a lot. You could do some uh, spinoff shorts with them or, or some, more, <laughs> uh, some more with them for sure. I, I think so. What's amazing, Ross, I'm speaking to you now. You're in Arkansas and <laughs> you're making an animated movie, big screen, theatrical, major studio with Viva. From Arkansas, when I was younger, 15 years ago, starting out and all this, and people said, oh, you have to go to New York City or you have to go to Los Angeles in order to make it happen. I'm in upstate New York, near Albany. I, I didn't need to do that. You don't need to be in Hollywood or New York to make a movie like this. What does it mean to you to be in Arkansas and having the same legitimate success as all these people in Hollywood and, and New York? Uh, it's been a, a real journey. I've been looking for this sort of independence for a dec over a decade when I started making these animated movies. And we did the first couple of movies. My family, I had to move to the studio. We moved to Toronto. We moved to Montreal. And then I guess with a little bit of gaining a little bit of expertise, we I was allowed to remote remote direct this movie. And when I started, I was living in California. So I, we used to live in Ojai, California, about an hour and a half from L.A. And I would go to Montreal every six weeks for two weeks and be there live and we'd do some grind sessions, but I'd be on Zoom every day. And then the pandemic hit and my life was sort of pandemic ready. I was working remotely. My wife and I run a small animation studio that only works remotely with artists around the world. And we were homeschooling our daughters. So we were, we were like, this is just normal life to us. And we decided in the middle of the pandemic, actually. So I stopped traveling to Montreal. They had canceled all the travel. We moved all the artists home. And we decided actually to go look for a new place to live. We always wanted to kind of have a farm of some sort, and it, we call it the art farm. So we started driving. We drove around the country for over a year, and I directed this movie more impressively than Arkansas, basically from the front seat of the car for a year. Every Airbnbs, a tent one night, but I would be my wife would be driving. I'd be sitting in the front seat, and I'd be on Zoom meetings for four hours. And the pandemic just brought this comfort to everyone that you could be anywhere. Because the truth was, I was in Ohio. The front end was in Montreal. A few of our artists were in London. Everyone else was in Mumbai. So now we landed in Arkansas. I'm starting in some new projects. And you're right. I'm doing everything from this kind of kooky little part of the country that most people do not associate with film and television making. Wow. Wow. You directed this movie about cars from a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What an amazing accomplishment. That's so good. <laughs> and, and really what this movie has to say about finding your Tao, finding your path finding your way in life. How do you hope young kids who I think are really going to respond to this see that theme of finding your way? I hope they respond really well. I mean, as I mentioned, we've homeschooled our kids. Early on, we realized that for us, they, our children weren't getting what they needed out of school. There was a lot of, um, I had very formal education. I was very much motivated. I was told I had to go to school, go to college. I did all those things. But I was looking at my own kids, I started realizing that there were things being imposed on them that maybe weren't exactly who I saw them as. And I and I was getting a pretty good handle on who they were. They were my children. And so we pulled them out for that reason. And it's exactly what the movie talks to, which is as hard as it is to look at for G, it's his grandmother who's raising him and say, 
I understand what you want from me, but I feel something inside of me that is this voice that's telling me who I really am. To empower children to follow that and to be brave enough and to know that their families will still love them and that the best thing they could do for themselves is listen to their inner voice. I hope I hope that has a, it has that effect on some kids. I mean, that would be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrific movie. Rally Road Racers in theaters this Friday, May 12th. Ross Veneker, thank you for making this movie. Congratulations on it. And thank you so much for being here today on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Thank you. Such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I am Lights Camera Jackson. For all of these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lights-camera-jackson.com. Don't forget to read these Q&As at animationscoop.com. Thank you for listening to the LCJ Q&A.